the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. He walked me through the entire process, and I felt so much better about it, and I liked him so much uh, because of that. And I think that that is a big part of it, us just explaining the process to them so they're comfortable, they know what to expect, is a big part of it. I mean, isn't that, doesn't that get us like 75% of the way there? Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Uh, Tyson, as I said, I am out of town. I'm not telling you where because you accused me of being a jet-setting humble bragger. So I will not say where I'm at today. Well, I'll, I'll tell people. You were in Toronto yesterday, and you're in Dallas today, and you're going to go see Mike Alvey for lunch. How about that? I'm pretty excited about that. That's sort of the highlight of the trip. Oh, no question. You can see Big Mike. I'm I'm really jealous about that part. I don't care about Toronto and Dallas. I care about seeing Mike Alvey. So, um, but that's exciting. Listen, you're having a, a, a good week. You didn't travel a bunch. I've got nothing, nothing wrong with that. So maybe you're like, oh, I'm, I got to fly out of LAX this morning. That's that's the funny stuff I like. <laughs> How are you doing? Good, man. That's good. It's been been busy lately, but got some trials gearing up at the end of the year and then early next year. So it's going to be a busy next few months, but I'm doing well. Things are going great. So I'm, I'm you know, happy. When I worked at that plaintiff's firm before I went to law school, they would set cases for trial every month so like they had a schedule so that they made sure that their cash flow was good do you do stuff like that no we've talked about that before i i, I would like to do that i really would it, it's hard to do that with the city of st louis just with that rollover docket i guess you could try to plan and see if you could hit the target right but with the rollover docket you could have three or four on the same docket that and two of them could get called out and only one of them would go because two gets called out so um, it it would be hard to do it that way with the city of St. Louis, but I, at some point I would love to be able to get to that to that point. Well, I'm excited about our show today. We're getting towards the end of 2019, and I thought that today, since it's just you and I, we could talk about how our year has gone, where we're headed for next year with our firms, and then also talk a little bit about the show and the conference. And then I had an interesting exchange with a young man on a plane. He was looking for a lawyer. And I had an interesting reaction to his question. So we'll talk about that. 
I think I think it's a good a good idea. So why don't you why don't you go first? Why don't you talk about the year in review and then where you're headed? So last Wednesday, Amani, Adele, and I were out of the office for a full day. That's our leadership team, and we started going through uh, creating a scorecard for the firm, evaluating where we were as a firm, and sort of coming up with our biggest priorities and it's become crystal clear, and this might not be a surprise to you, that the one thing we really need to focus on is systematization. And we had a big debate whether the word is systemization or systematization, but in any event, um, we have now sort of three teams of a lawyer and a paralegal. And even after low these many years, we still have people doing a lot of improvisation and having little, um, not secret to-do lists, but little separate workflows they they've sort of hacked the way to get a case ready and no one is being very consistent in it and it's leading to inconsistent results so that's at least for the next uh 90 days or 12 week year whatever you want to call it um that's what adele and amani and i are focusing on is getting that a workflow for our, our most popular type of case uh, to just nail it down to make it um foolproof and to streamline the process you know, it's really surprises me about you that your your systems you don't really have the systems in place that you should have because you like your the like your practice is form driven. <laughs> like this, this was just mind boggling to me. Is like it's form driven, and so it, I feel like it all it's like it's something that would be far easier to systemize. So why do you like why do you think it's not yet fully systemized? That's a great question. Um, number one is because it's not my strong suit and it's not something that I'm very good at. So Amani and Adele are sort of taking that over. They've instituted systems, but we're at a point where um, people aren't necessarily following the systems and they're just sort of doing things their own way. But you're right. I mean, when it comes to what we're doing versus litigation, which can go any which way, um, it really lends itself to that. But, you know, just like Kelsey and I spent all that time um building out the lawsuit system that I have for my lawsuits, now we have to turn that to each practice area. That's one part of it. Another part of it is that um, things keep changing in immigration, and that can be a crutch. That can keep you from ever um, taking that necessary action. But really, I think the fundamental problem is taking the time to work on the processes as opposed to fixing the fires of the day. How did this year go for you? We've added probably two team members this year. I, I have Adela going through and making a list of everyone's start and end date because I'd like to know our size at certain junctures because as we grow, I want to sort of have a running understanding of tying caseload to people load. And um, we've added two people, but we've also increased the number of cases. You know, the last couple of years, my goal was to open 365 matters a year or one a day. Um, and this year, it looks like right now we're on pace to hit about 575. So we're having a lot more cases with the same team, roughly. Um, and so that's always going to put your systems at stress. So we're trying to use Process Street to do that. But the year overall, um, obviously, uh, we were busier. Um, and that's one big part of it. Uh, we also, Amani's moving into more of a managerial role. Um, but Right at, so here's the kicker. Here's the joy of owning your own law firm. So 
we went last Wednesday, we had our offsite work day. And then on Friday, no, just on Monday, one of our associates told us she's moving to New England and taking a job with a firm up there. So that's one quarter of our attorney load. So luckily we had someone we're just about to hire. Um, so that it's not even going to be a push because the person we're hiring doesn't know anything about immigration, but that was sort of, you know, you have all these great plans and then, and then someone tells you that they're leaving. So uh, it's sort of a kick in the head. Yeah, that always kind of sucks. We had, we had somebody leave earlier this year that, and she was, she was great. She was for health reasons. She had to leave. And so it just kind of, bungled things up a little bit so what are your plans like when are you going to when are you going to move to san diego like when are you going to open the office in san diego that's the real question. i think that's what everyone really wants to know when are you when are you going to open an office in san diego and move out there so amani and adela have and i think rightly so asked me to you know keep that on the front on the back burner but to let them make the systems right so that we, what we don't need right now probably is more growth. I'm sure that I could get tons of cases from San Diego or Chicago if we open in either of those areas, but they don't want me to do that until the systems are really nailed down so that so that we can scale again. Fair enough. That's fair enough. The, the other last weekend was really really cold. I ran the whole San Diego by idea by Amy, and she's like, you know, if you want to move, I would move with you. And I'm like, wow, that's embarrassing. I was like, you're just kidding. And she's like, no. No, I really would. I was like, wow, that's awesome. So I, it's it's nice having that supportive spouse, right? So it's, it's good that you have that. But it's also good that she's level-headed and like, we need to back up Jim. Let's, let's make sure we have this in place first. Let's get things rolling first. I, I, I like that. I, I've always liked the money for a reason. She, she's very level-headed. She's a lot like you. And, you know, one of the great things about doing that off-site work and the difference I think that we did this particular time is that we made a list of all of Jim's great ideas. In fact, I had a spreadsheet of about 65 of them that I brought to the offsite and we decided to focus on four for the quarter. And that's huge for us because we're always jumping in, you know, one, I have shiny object. Two, there's always something amok in immigration land. So it's easy to bounce from thing to thing. And so for us to commit, to working, um, so every Monday, Kelsey, Adele, and I are going to be working on building out this process for the one case type, and I'm, and I think that's going to do us a whole lot better by saying no to many more things. It's going to free us up to actually get things done. Uh, and I, it's interesting. So I have a list of ideas too. I've got a list of ideas, and then a list of marketing ideas. And when I hired Amy, I basically just I shared the sheet of. Uh, marketing ideas, and it's amazing how whenever you get the right people in the right seat, things start happening. And so things are getting done now that I wasn't getting done because they were just on my list. And so I think that's a really good uh, point that you didn't. I don't know if you meant to make, but you just made just hiring the right people and putting, you know, getting them doing the right things. Like you have now have Kelsey doing specific specific things, implementing certain ideas. Amani's implementing certain ideas. Adela's implementing certain ideas. You have all, you're getting the people, the right butts in the right seats. And I think that that's really awesome. Um, and I've actually had a front row seat to actually kind of see it uh, progress from, not from start, but I'd say, you know, middle of your, the, the life of your firm to now. So it's kind of cool to watch. I think that's a good segue for you to start talking a little bit. I know you brought Amy on, but also how was 2019 for the Mutrix injury firm? This has been our 
best year yet. So I'll start with that. Um, from a revenue standpoint, we've got really high revenues, um, the best we've ever had. But with growth also comes, you know, massive overhead. So we've we've definitely increased our overhead quite a bit. It'll, it's alarming a little bit whenever you start looking at the numbers, but when you start looking at the revenues and then the production, uh, it's a good lesson. Just kind of trust the process, you know, like it's you got to sort of trust the process and know it's going to work. But end of 2018 sucked, right? I mean, like I had the firm split up, and so we were trying to reorganize everything. And I had to, and I, I basically blew everything up. And it was a great opportunity because I, I was able to blow everything up and then put the pieces back together the way I, I, I wanted to because I had learned lessons along the way. And I, I was I was able to put it back together the way I the way I should have started the firm, and which was really nice. And I adopted the pod system that Alex Wynn and Sandy Van use, which is incredible. If you don't use the pod system, I definitely recommend that you use it. We've added team members. I've had to fire team members. We've had someone leave. Um, I think we've finally gotten to that spot where we need to be. So we had gotten. I think at one point we were up to 14 virtual assistants, and then two uh, two full or three full-time employees. We are now at four full-time employees, um, and then we've gotten the number down to 10 virtual assistants. So I think we've kind of hit that nice sweet spot. The next step is going to be hiring a lawyer. Uh, one of the biggest um, hires was, was my wife Amy, um, they, making her the marketing director. She's getting a ton of stuff done. Um, that I wasn't getting done. So she's implementing a lot of the ideas and she's bringing a lot of her own ideas um, to the mix. And she has got a journalism background, which, is, which which helps quite a bit because University of Missouri has got a really good journalism program. It's the number one in the country. You Northwestern you know, grads will argue that you're number one. They go back and forth as to who's number one, but it's a really good program. And so she has a lot of those skills that she learned at Mizzou, which is, which is really nice. Um, and so We've had a lot of growth. It's been great. Um, it's just also, I, you know this, whenever you have that massive growth, it is, it's stressful because our system, there was, there was a period of this year where we were signing up three cases a day, which is a lot of injury cases for our size firm. And it was, you're talking about straining systems. It was very, very stressful. We've, we've leveled out, which is probably good for us. It's, it's actually probably a good thing that we're taking on less cases now. Um, over the last, because this is something I've been tracking, been tracking my cases over the last two years now with it, when it comes to average case value. I've been, because I was able to plug in all the numbers through FileVine and then Domo, our average fee has increased by about a third over the last 18 months, which is, uh, which is awesome because it's just a lot more money for the firm. Uh, part of that, maybe a little bit of it is, um, actually uh, taking on better cases, but I don't think that that's the ma- maybe like 10% of it. The major part is just making, one, is increasing client communication, but then also um, just changing some of the processes and how we use, uh, send our demands, following up on those demands. It's, it's a variety of things that I'm testing out, but I'm pretty sure it's the, the client communication is the number one factor. And the number two factor is how we have sent our demands and follow up on our demands. So we, we have, I've, I've changed a lot over the last year, but it's, it's actually 
it's been stressful, but been also pretty pretty rewarding. Our buddy Jim Manning and I were talking about redoing our firms, and he had an interesting thought exercise. He said, if your firm burnt to the ground and you had to rebuild it from scratch, what would you do the same and what would you do differently? And it sounds like you had that opportunity last year, and it sounds like you have things structured the right way. Yeah, and and I, it's not something I had to do. I just like you know what I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna do it. I have an opportunity to do it, and and why not? I mean, it, it, this is it's weird. It was like it was a sucky time for everything to happen whenever we the firm split, but it was also at the same time the, a perfect time for it all to happen. You know, it just everything fell into place. I wasn't in a bad financial situation whenever the firm split because. I can see how you know things would have been really, really terrible if I would, I would I would have had to make different decisions if I was in a bad financial situation. But luckily, I was in a good financial situation. The previous firm was doing well too, and so it, it allowed me to spend extra money on certain things and, and implement certain, certain hiring more people. It allowed me to hire more people. It allowed me to you know get the right softwares and, and do a lot of things that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. What did you struggle the most with in 2019? It was it was getting the right the right team together, and so Candace and I have been you know calling it like our all star team, and we finally hit that point because we I made two massively bad hires. Like I'm talking massively bad. And, I remember. Um, it was they were it was I mean I the the one was made out of I made a bad decision right off the bat because I. I was sort of desperate for people. I needed a person um, right away, and it it was a bad it was a bad bad decision. And I I you know we talk about red flags and all these things about you know why you shouldn't hire a person, and I skipped right over them and ignored them, and I hired the person anyways. And I did the same thing with the other, with the other employee, and they were terrible. And they were terrible. Yeah. It was it was just bad. <laughs> I I'll, will I'll, I'll back up a little bit. They were bad hires. And the other one made a really good hire, but she had health issues and she had to go back to Chicago. And it, it really sucked. She was great. Clients absolutely loved her. And she got it about bringing in clients. She really understood it. But just uh, it was just a well, – that was not a bad decision. It just unfortunate because she, she had uh, health issues. We'll pause for a word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M-A-X-L-A-W-100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast, and I'm talking to Tyson. He's filling us in on 
the 2019 wrap-up and looking ahead to 2020. So speaking of 2020, Tyson, what do you have on your agenda for the first couple quarters of 2020? One major thing that I learned over the last year is that my systems work and they work well. And they, I would not be in a really, really bad situation right now if they didn't. And so I'm, I'm fortunate that they do work. That all that work that I put in to lay the foundation was, it's it, actually been great. So um, it, I, I will not be improving upon the systems that much over the next, you know, year or so. But over the next quarter, so we are going to be making a big move in marketing um, for, towards growth. And so we're going to be getting into um, – we, we've got the newsletter. It, it, it's actually going out this week, Jim Dog. So uh, we are you know, actually going to send out a paper newsletter. We are going to nice. be sending out an email newsletter. And these are I mean, these are things that Amy's put together that I, I wasn't able to do because I was just busy. Um, I'm going to hire a lawyer. I'm going to hire a lawyer over the next, I don't know, I think three months or so. Um, I just I'm going to take my time hiring a lawyer. I've hired lawyers before and they didn't necessarily work out. I'm going to hire some hire a lawyer or two so I can kind of step out of some of the litigation stuff because it's 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 burying me at this point. Um, we are going to get into we've we've taken a big step in SEO. We've got Blue Shark on and and those numbers are starting to elevate. And so we are we're adding we're going to start adding onto the growth is basically what we're going to do. Um, and implement a lot of these marketing ideas. We've, we've the social media game has been stepped up quite a bit since since Amy came on board. So the focus is going to be on marketing, the growth part of it. It's funny how you and I, I usually go towards the the system stuff. Usually go towards the marketing, but for the next quarter or so, we're flipping as to what we're going to be focusing on. And so that's what we're going to, we're going to be focusing almost exclusively on the on the before unit. Is what we're going to be doing. That's so funny because. When you were telling me about your new newsletters, I was like, ooh, maybe they should send me a draft of that. I'd like to take a look at it. Maybe I could tweak it a little bit. So maybe maybe we should outsource you to my firm for a quarter, and I'll come <laughs> work work with you and Amy for a quarter. I think our wives would probably like that. They would probably enjoy it because, you know, I, I do. I do. It's it's interesting. Like the, the whole working with the spouse thing, you have to feel it out first. You've got you've to gotta get used to it because you've got to – Careful how you talk to each other and things like that. It's it's something that you don't realize right at the beginning, and then you, I made some mistakes, and you know she's made some mistakes, and we we've, we've kind of figured out how to work together. But um, I think now we're melding nicely. But it it can be tough, right? That part of it can be tough. I got into Dallas. I was tired as a dog. I made it to the hotel, and a client sent an email talking about a case that I had passed from me to Amani and the client wanted answers and I made the mistake of sending it to Amani. So here we are at 11 o'clock at night, both exhausted talking about this client's case. So yeah, it can be hard. Yeah. And like, and so it's funny. So, you know, we'll be sitting in bed and like last night she was like, she was asking me questions about marketing stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to talk about this right now. I just want to go to bed and sleep. But it, so you do, you bring more of that work life home. But you're doing it together, so it's it's sort of worth worth it. We we talk more about firm goals and stuff now, so I think it's I think that part of it's pretty cool. All right, well let's talk about Maximum Lawyer for just a little bit before we get to my situation that I had. So why don't you tell everybody maybe your thoughts on how the year went, and then we can talk about 
what's going to be on the agenda for next year? I think this year has been pretty awesome. Um, we've we started the guild. Uh, MaxLawCon went way better than I think you and I expected. We, I was I don't know about you. I was terrified that MaxLawCon nineteen was. I, I just thought it was going to be a I thought it was going to be a bust for some reason, man. I was so worried about it. Um, it was I think it was because you and I had just watched that show on Netflix about that big event that had just went Fire Festival. Fire, Fire Festival. Festival. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if people don't come to it? You know, what if it's awful? We don't, we're not event people. Like, you know, last year when we put on Maxbox on the first one, it was smaller. It was at the law school, you know, and it was very manageable. But whenever we went from that to like a real event space and started spending real, real money, it was a different ball game, and I was terrified, man. Really was. And then it went so much better than I could have expected. I mean, and the the speakers and the community was just amazing, man. I just, I I am so grateful to the people that came and that that listen, and it's just it's awesome, you know. And then we've got the guild, and I think we've we've which we've we've been testing out over the last you know six months or so, and it's. I think we we're feeling it out and we're getting better with with how we address things and how we approach things and how we ask our questions and I think I was a little hard on people at the beginning and I backed off a little bit and you know I, I think I've learned some things I don't know about you but I've learned things on how to you know go through the guild I think that's really cool we we launched Maxwell Media which I don't know how many people we've shot now to this point but we've we've done quite a few video shoots and the, the Kent's done an amazing job. Uh, doing those videos and getting those out, and um, the ones I've seen have looked great. So, um, our, our the listener numbers, and so I'm kind of I'm kind of hitting all the different components of Max Law. Uh, the 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 numbers on the listeners are going up every month, which is cool. And then also the Facebook group, it's, it's as amazing as ever. So I I feel like it's been I feel like it's been good, but it's the same thing with growth. Um, it sort of pulls more of a, away from our firms, so we're we're spending more time on Maxwell this year than we were. I mean, I mean, I would even venture to say maybe double what we were spending last year time-wise. I don't know about what your thoughts are on that, but I mean, we've it's taken a lot more of our time, but I think it's been worth it. I think the community that we've built and the, the and that our community members have built together has been it's all worth it. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you hit all the highlights. Of course, by the time this episode airs, um, the folks will know that our good friend Kent has decided to move on to work for a company in Pennsylvania. He's moving from St. Louis, so he won't be involved with Max Law, but we certainly help him for or thank him for all the help and growth he's given us over the years and to the to the cause. Um, and that has given us the opportunity to do some other things, like we now have an actual VA for the uh for Max Law and Annika Godlucy has been a rock star in helping us set up Max Law 2020, the convention. And um, I'm excited about where things are headed. I am too. The the hiring someone was it's something that's long overdue. <laughs> it really is long overdue. It's and and it's I'm sad to see Kent go. Um, I think Kent was a great addition, and I think he did a lot of, a lot of great things for us. So. Kent, you're editing this now, so we're, we're sad to see you go. It, it sucks, but we, we wish you the best of luck. Um, it's great. It was great. It's been great having Annika help us out, man, because she's gotten things done that we wouldn't have gotten done to this point, Jim. So um, 
it, she's, she's, I mean, we are just signing the paperwork away from having our venue and announcing the venue. And so um, that would not have happened if it was just me and you. So we, we, we've got to be very, we're very, very grateful for, for on the show. Yes, we are. All right. So here's what happened to me on the airplane. This was a very interesting situation and it really threw me for a loop. I'm sort of embarrassed by what happened. So, all right. So I, my flight got rerouted. I had to fly to Chicago, then Chicago to Toronto. Uh, I get an emergency row seat, which I always am happy about. And there's a space in between me and the aisle seat. So I end up talking to this young guy from Dayton, Ohio for the entire flight. We talked about my job. We talked about his job. Um, he works for a company that does like fixtures for commercial spaces, like the gap or things like that. Like they do the, the wall ornaments and fixtures and everything. Anyway, last March, 2019, he was in a really serious car accident and he uh, was going through a green light. He had a green light and some 85 year old lady hit the gas instead of the brake and she hit him at 70 miles an hour. She actually jumped over um, the median and crashed into him and yeah. um, shattered, shattered his knee. So he was in the hospital for a while. He was on some pretty heavy drugs. Um, it's had a pretty serious effect on him. He, his wife had just had their first baby. Really nice guy, really clean cut. So, you know, I haven't, I haven't thought about a plaintiff's case in a really long time. So I sort of had to remind myself of the right questions to ask him and sort of see what's going on. So it turns out that the older lady had, and there's a video of the whole accident. And he said, it looks pretty much like it's entirely her fault. He had the green light. She ran the light and she nailed him. So I don't know what he could have done differently, but she had 300,000 in insurance. He had 150 in underinsured. And I think, so here, here's the kicker and here's where the, the woman came in. He said to me, Jim, I don't know any lawyers where I live. I don't know any lawyers at all. And um, so what I did was, who do you think he asked about how to find a plaintiff's lawyer, not knowing any lawyers? Ooh, uh, who did he ask? I would have assumed a family member or friend. He asked his insurance agent. Oh, yeah, so, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think so. I mean, I can see why somebody would do it, but an insurance agent is always going to be looking at things from, you know, minimizing claims. Um, I mean, maybe he's a, the agent's a good person. I don't know, but he sent him to a guy and I said, okay, I want to ask you one question. And this question will tell me whether or not you have the right attorney. My question was, does the attorney do anything other than personal injury? And he looked at me and said, yeah, he does real estate and I think he does wills. And I was like, oh, I said, that's not how I would have gone about trying to find a lawyer. So then he said, well, what would you have done? And that's the question I pose to you, because we're always talking on this show about how great marketing is from our perspective. But from someone who, for someone who isn't familiar with the legal system, views everything as a hassle and, and a problem, you know, how would you suggest? that someone find an attorney when they don't know anybody in the area and all everybody's websites look the same, which is what he said. Uh, well, I would look, I mean, if I, if I can get into the weeds for a second, it's, so we're, we're not looking about, we're not talking about how to, how to like actual go on Google and look, right? We're, we're talking about actually 
how to select that that specific attorney. Yeah, yeah how, to okay. how to select. Yeah, how to how does a regular person differentiate between lawyers? I mean, one thing, one thought I had was I would see who in Ohio has I'd, I'd find the list for the last three years of the biggest verdicts, and then I would I would see which law firms show up on that on that list, and then maybe um, look at their websites and see what they focus on. But yeah, then, so I wouldn't focus. I wouldn't. I would. I would. I would say, yeah, the focus is right. But whenever it comes to personal injury, some of those. I mean, this is like, like one of those you know, biggest unkept secrets that the, um, like a lot of these these verdicts are bogus. I mean, some some of these yeah, attorneys like the false judgments. Yeah, the they'll judgments. never collect on it, and so right. they'll. So I mean, there's a, a firm down in Springfield. They put on. They they make sure they put on their advertisements. I think it's fantastic. They actually put. Like these gigantic verdicts, but and like what percentage they've collected of it, which I think is a really, really smart idea. Like these aren't bogus, bo- bogus judgments. These are legitimate. We actually got the money for the client. I I would focus on the number of jury trials, and instead of the and so whenever I would go to speak to these attorneys, I would go and ask, you know, when's the last time you've actually been at the courtroom to try the case? See, that's a big part of it, especially with these with these algorithms with the insurance companies, you know. If you haven't been in the courtroom and tried these cases, they're they're going to bump you down the algorithm and start paying you less money uh, until you've actually proved yourself. So the biggest one is, is number the, the number of trials. You know, people ask success rate, and I think that that's that's fine. I mean, the, you know, like well, how many trials have you won, kind of a thing. I guess that's okay, but um, you know, the reason why that's it's sort of a messed up question is juries are fairly unpredictable, um, and that's that's what makes it. Um, Make it hard with that, but you can ask for success rate, number of jury trials. If now, if I were a client, I would ask this. I don't know if we would be allowed to ask, to answer this. You know, what what's your average settlement amount? What what what's the average amount of money that I would receive as a client? Um, do you get paid before or after medical bills? Those are all all, all educated questions. Now, I'd say 99.9 percent of injury lawyers get paid before medical bills are taken out, uh, but they're not going to know to ask these questions. So. I, I know to ask these questions, but I'm not sure they would ever know to ask these questions. So this is really tough. I don't. I mean, this is a tough one, Jim. That's a good question. But it's what you and I talk about with our our members all the time, and and it just sort of it really threw me for a loop, and I was a little embarrassed. I was like, man, I have a podcast for lawyers. We talk about marketing. We talk about how to get our name out there, and I don't know the answer to this question. I'm sort of stymied, and it was it was because I was viewing everything for the first time completely through his eyes. I wasn't, I mean, I don't do personal injury, but I wasn't looking at from the lawyer's perspective, what's easy for me or what works for me or what makes me feel good about marketing myself. It was here. I have this guy. He's got a serious accident. He's frustrated with his current client. He doesn't feel like his current client's doing anything and he wants to make a change. How can I empower this kid that I like who I've talked to for the last two hours, make the best decision possible. It was a fun, it was a fundamentally different approach to things. Okay, so I mean, let's think about this from any service, right? Any type of service. You want to know, you want to know what to expect. You know, you want to know what the communication policy is. How how often am I, or, or, am I going to hear from you? How long is this going to take? I think you want some predictability, right? So you, you want to you want to have the expectations set. I, I went to a body shop. Because um, my my wife's vehicle had some issues with the paint, and it's a fairly new vehicle, and so it's, it's covered under warranty. And so I I went to the body shop um, two days ago, and the guy 
I was, I was just, it was, it was, I don't know why I was just blown away. He, he just walked me through the entire process. Just, you know, here's what's going to happen. Here's Chrysler's going to push back on this. And here's what our response is going to be. He walked me through the entire process and the, and I felt so much better about it. And I liked him so much uh, because of that. And I think that that is a big part of it. Us just explaining the process to them so that they're comfortable. They know what to expect is a big part of it. I mean, isn't that, doesn't that get us like 75% of the way there? Sure it does. Sure it does. But obviously, I mean, other than buying his house, this is probably one of the big, biggest decisions he's going to make. And so picking a good lawyer was important to him. Now, interestingly, half, when we're sort of done with this part of the conversation, I realized that Dayton's only an hour from Toledo. So I referred him to our friend Chuck Boyk. And I think he was very excited about that to have the referral and not have to do all that work. So that's a whole other lesson for us. Absolutely. And Chuck Boyk, big announcement yesterday. Did you see the big announcement? I did not. Chuck Boyk just merged with a big, uh, another big firm in Ohio. So um, congrats to you, Chuck Boyk. You, it's it. From what I look, I mean, Charles has a big firm. Yeah. You know I mean, so him merging with another one is a big deal. So congrats to you, Chuck. That's that's really great news for you. But yeah, referrals. That that is a. I, I don't know about you, and I don't know. I don't know how many referrals you actually get, but whenever we get a case through the internet, I I don't have to do a sales job because I think the way we handle the calls it sort of sells itself. But sometimes I kind of do have to do a little bit of a sales job. But whenever I get a referral, it's I mean, there's no like basically you know where do I sign? Sometimes like they don't even they don't even want to read the contract. Sometimes it's it's kind of crazy. So getting that referral does. It eases some of the pain, and so I, I think you're right about that. Focusing on those referrals, like like John Fisher does, is a is a big thing. Uh, let's wrap things up. Before I do, I'll remind everyone: register for MaxLawCon 2020. Also, register for the Zapathon if you want to um, get dig into Zapier and into automation. We'll have Kelsey Brasher on hand. Big announcement: FileVine will also be on hand there. So, any of you FileVine users, that's going to be a good resource for you. Um, Jimmy, what is your hack of the week? Before I get to my hack of the week, I do have one other bit of news on the Zapathon. Zapier is actually going to send us someone too to bring us some swag and talk through with our visitors at the Zapathon. So that should be pretty cool. That's that's awesome. I, I, this is the first time hearing this. That's fantastic. I know you had talked about reaching out to them, but that's great. All right, for my hack of the week something that came up in coach yesterday that my peeps were talking to me about, and that is go through your own process. If you use an intake form, actually sit down and fill out an intake form. Uh, if, call your office, see how the process works from the perspective of the client. A couple of people said filling out intake forms sucks. And so if there's ways you can make that easier for people or to streamline that for them, I think looking at everything from your client's perspective as they go through the during unit will really boost your performance. So um, let me ask you this. Do you fill out the intake sheet or do you have them fill out the intake sheet? The clients fill it out. Uh, this is it's always, I, I, don't, I don't ever have a client fill out the, the intake sheet because um, sometimes they'll fill it out wrong. And I, I, that's why I was, I'm always just curious why, is there a reason why you have them filled out as opposed to you filling it out? 
because I can't work efficiently trying to track down where somebody's mother was born. There's a lot of inane stuff in immigration land that we need to get from them. And there's certain clients that will help with it, but we always feel like we should actually charge more for that because we just can't, you can't scale that. But you, you might are be they, right. Are they, are they filling it out virtually or are they filling it out in person? They're filling it out at their house. It's a Word document. They just give us all the information. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know. I just, to me, it would make more sense. And it's just because of the way we do it. So I'm setting my ways, but we walk them through and ask them question by question by question um, over the phone. So if I actually do end up meeting that person, uh, I will have all that information in a sheet. So I'm not actually writing it out and they're not having to write it out. I don't have to decipher their handwriting. Um, I don't have to correct an answer because they didn't understand it. So I don't know. It's just, it's just an interesting, interesting thing how some people do have the client fill it out as opposed to you filling it out. My tip of the week, and I don't even know how to really, you know, categorize this tip, um, but it's, it's about spending. I, I'm looking for a new vehicle, and for the longest time, I wanted to get a truck. I wanted an F-150. But I travel a lot between St. Louis and Columbia a lot. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? It just doesn't make a whole lot of mathematical sense. It, it's kind of a, a dumb purchase. And so though I've, I've, I've looked at this from a different perspective. So I guess maybe that's my tip. Look at whenever, because all of you are going to probably buy a vehicle um, at some point. Um, and I do think that there is an element that whenever you're, you're meeting with a client, especially us uh, personal injury attorneys, that we go to the client's houses a lot, we go meet them places, we go see an investigation. I do think appearance is is somewhat important. And if I if I showed up in a, in a 1998 Ford Tempo, they would, I think that they would have a different, <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't quite think I was that good of an attorney. So I guess my tip is rethink how you're buying your vehicles because this is a way for you to save money um, in kind of, Figure out how long it's gonna you're actually gonna own that vehicle, and then break it down the cost per year. So my tip is break the cost down per year, and if you're comfortable with that price, fine, go ahead. If you're not, move on to a different vehicle. And that's that's how I've been analyzing this car purchase you know process is I'm, I'm trying to figure in you know mileage, uh, how long the vehicle is gonna last because some vehicles are lasting uh, longer than others, and you can find all that information online. And so it's just a different way of looking at it, and I'm actually going to buy it from the, through the company, so it's 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 going to be a tax write-off. And I, I think you should talk to some accountants because I think you can get more of a tax write-off if you do certain things, um, like wrap your vehicle, like um, um, Ryan Sargent out in California. He's actually um, purchased a truck and then wrapped it as well. So uh, there are caps when it comes to write-offs, but I think you can actually increase that. Just talk to your accountant about that. But the whole point of my tip is. Break down the math if it makes sense. Don't just go buy a nice, expensive car just because you like it and get emotional about it. Um, you'll, you might regret that decision later. So. All right, Jimmy, that is my tip of the week. Uh, it's been a good podcast. I hope you have a good week. We'll have a meeting in, uh, in like right now, so I'll talk to you in a couple minutes. But good talking to you, man. Good stuff, man. See you, buddy. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.